Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Woo! Hello, AfterBuzzers. We're here during another AfterBuzz TV after show for HBO's Game of Thrones, Season 5, Episode 4, The Sons of Harpy. Sons of the Harpy. I mean, this just keeps getting better and better. We had, like, a full-on war here at this episode, and we have some... We've got some Dornish red here. What is this here? We borrowed this from Quiburn, actually. Well... Well, wait for me to dump this all over myself on accident to later in the show. Okay, anyway, guys, I'm your host, Kristen Elizabeth Snyder. You can follow me at Cinematic Escape. And we have Ben Bateman. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me as a guest. Ben Bateman, Ben Bateman Media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Autumn Chicklist joining Hello, us. everybody. I am Autumn Chicklist. You can find me on Twitter at Autumn Chicklist and on Instagram at Autumn Chicklist. And Ryan Mallory. Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> Ryan Mallory. You can find me at Ryan Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow AfterBuzz at AfterBuzz TV. You guys can call in and join the discussion at 424-256-1729. Ryan is in the live chat right now. So if you go to AfterBuzzTV.com, you can ask questions to us through there. And Ryan will let the YouTube. panel know. You really YouTube know live that number? Chat. You're on the YouTube live chat now? YouTube live chat. Just hop on YouTube.com okay. slash AfterBuzzTV and join the conversation. There you guys go. All right, so I want to talk about the most exciting thing in this episode for me was the Sand Snakes. Of course it was. <laughs> Oberyn, Oberyn's daughters are in the show now and so yes. anticipated. I already know my Halloween costume. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> By the way, I thought it too. But then I realized the blonde isn't going to work, is it? I mean, I'll fix that. I'm I'm You're normally darker. Than I am. I'm norm I'm normally much darker. So we've got Nim, Quara, and Obara, and we've got spears and whips and daggers. I mean, I just cannot wait for these girls to release revenge. What did you guys think? I feel like they're the Charlie's Angels of Dorne. That's like a real kind deal, of, yeah. Right? Absolutely. You know? It was pretty badass to watch those three just kind of I don't know. I was just so amped, and I wasn't. I wasn't on their side. I'm like, no, peace. We have to keep peace. We have to keep peace. But after seeing them, I'm nah, you, you have to go kick some ass right now. I'm sorry. Are you yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous drinking out? No, of no. May it's I? like oh, it's please. like uh, it's please, up for the mountain or for Hodor. It's like Hodor's challenge yeah, to the sand snakes. Yeah, exactly. to the sand snakes. I, yes. I, I thought that the uh, the sand snakes were pretty were pretty sweet. My only complaint was that at the end when they're having the conversation with their mother, and the one sister goes on like kind of a needless. Exercise, 
exposition rants where she's just like story from childhood. I'm a badass, which was <laughs> kind of just, no. There was no need for that. No, there was spirit. absolutely need for that. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. all, all that was needed. All that was needed of that moment. You could have cut the entire monologue. All you needed was. Spear, spear through, through the, the head. head. I've been ready for this my whole life. <laughs> yes, right. I made my decision long ago. Yeah, exactly. That's all you That's, needed. I feel like that, it's, that happened a lot in this episode where they ask a yes or no question and then it kind of goes into, well, back in... Back in the day, in the lands and the streets of Essos, the streets of like a Tywin, <laughs> Lannister, like a Tywin <laughs> Lannister story, right? Well, I don't think Alara, Alaria is their of their mother of all of them. I think these are all the bastard children of mm-hmm. Oberyn. So okay, sense, yeah. so they got to stick together. Yeah, and it really is uh, like an empowerment for women. You could just feel it. You know, it's like I feel it. Like I'm and ready. And Where lovers, do I sign so they don't up? Even need men. They right. need men. They have, like, sweet leather vests and, and, like, kind of almost like, like one, onesies, kind we're, of. It looks like they're wearing rompers a little bit. I was thinking that, uh, <laughs> like honestly, I'm going to be honest, I was looking at those outfits going, oh, I could, I could. Men are just target practice in the land of Dorne. Licensed Renaissance romper. It's a good name. License so, <laughs> obviously, we have Bronn and Jamie coming into Dorne, yes. and this is about the worst time they could be doing this, because now we've got the Sand Snakes seeking revenge, and they're there for Marcella. Yeah. Mm. And but the merchant actually let them was going to sell the information that he had snuck Jamie there. Of course he was. <laughs> right. I mean, there's no question that he was going to. I can't believe Jamie Jamie was dumb enough to think that a bit of gold was going to keep right. him quiet. I know, especially after him and and Brienne got caught that one time mm-hmm. by remember the guy right. they let they let slip through their fingers. Yeah. You think Jamie Lannister? Maybe he's turning over a new leaf. Got just a new gold stupidity. Leaf. I mean, that's just. Game of Thrones 101 is you really don't is, just huh? trust people, especially mm-hmm. when your life is on the line and you should not be where you are going. You should just kill them. That's pretty much the story. Because everybody dies anyway, so like... In just Game of Thrones, you either, live or you, uh, you yeah. either win or you die. Yeah. Gotta well, kill them all, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, the merchant, though, w- they buried him. Only his head sticking out. I imagine it was hard to breathe. There's a scorpion under there with him. And then he gets a spear through the head. I mean, these girls are going to be, like, epic murderers. That's what happens when you're greedy, I guess. <laughs> looks want? that way. The merchant, he wanted more money. He tried yeah. to sell out Jamie Lannister. I think he I got what so. he deserved. I'm I, still I, thinking about the girls and how epic their killing is. <laughs> what do you think about him dropping to Bronn, how Marcella's his niece? Obviously, Bronn, like, called him out there. Right, right. Oh, right. yeah. He called him out a lot. Yeah. He said, um... Yeah, your niece, and then kept going on about it, and then Jamie obviously had his, it has to be me, it has to be me moment. Right. Did it, why does it have to be him? Just for a personal yeah. kind of glory, well, or is it Cersei that he's trying mm-hmm. to appease? Maybe. I think yeah. so. He's got no one else. I think it's Cersei that he's trying to appease, because even at that moment when they're talking about how they want to die... Bronn wants to die a boring death because he's, you know, lived this very exciting life, and Jamie wants to die in his lover's arms. And he asks Jamie, "Does your lover love feel the same way?" That was a good. That was a good moment. Yeah, yeah. that was a good question. And obviously, we all know Cersei does not. I don't feel like she does. Not I mean, anymore. not at this no. point. Has she has she been elevated to public enemy number one? Do you think on the show at this point? Like, <laughs> now, now, now that now that uh, now that like uh, uh, Joffrey's gone, gone, do you think she's the most hated, like most looking forward to dying character? She's one of she's so. one of the more dangerous ones now. Mm-hmm. Now that she's manipulated the High Sparrow and she's right. armed this faith the faith militant right. that we mm-hmm. get introduced to. So yeah, she's oh, starting to manipulate goodness. more power, squeezing blood from a turnip, so to speak. She really didn't mm-hmm. have much to work with, but she figured it out. One yeah. more question yeah. for you guys before we go to Cersei. So Jamie th- says that he will split Tyrion in two if he ever sees yeah, him do you again. Believe that? I, that's what I'm going to ask you guys. How did you feel about that? He's always, getting, he's always getting 
you know, the bottom half of all this, all these situations. What I wrote is that, like, I feel like Jamie's feelings at this point on the show are so complicated as a character. There's, like, so much more that goes into his character, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think is, like, a, is a plus and a minus. Because if you remember back to the first season, I think that the first season of Game of Thrones is kind of perfect. I think that the show is I really, it's really yeah. good, and it's, it's continued to be really good ever since. But, like, the character archetypes and the dichotomy of good and evil in the first season, as well as the main protagonist being played by Sean Bean, he was the best character on the whole show, right. everything just worked out, and Jamie Lannister really... I guess you understand his motives. He's a more interesting character now, but it's hard to really figure out where he stands, like who he stands with, how he really feels about everybody. I think he knows he's been manipulated by Cersei to some degree. I think he loved and he hated his father to some degree. He loves his brother. He hates his brother. I don't know that he would kill him. I don't really... I, I, I have yeah. no idea. At this I don't point, think he would. At this point, the only person who I'm sure or uh, the most sure I can be with his character right now that he will stand by is Cersei. But mm-hmm. other than that, pretty much everyone other than maybe his children are fair game. Right. Did you guys, the one thing I really, really liked just before we move on is that mm-hmm. uh, in the in the sword fight, with the one-handed sword fight with the left hand, yeah. I like yeah. that they didn't do the TV thing where they were just like, all of a sudden he's good at fighting with his left hand. They showed you the struggle that he had, he had trouble learning and he's still bad. Like, that's oh, yeah. great. Because it's very realistic. It's like, you can't just learn to fight mm-hmm. with your left hand in like a couple months. No, Game of Thrones is great in that way, though. The one thing that I, one of the many things actually I love about this show is that it doesn't do the magical TV thing where everyone gets along at the right convenient moments mm. and you know how to fight all of a sudden and you know, things just happened to work out in a way that they wouldn't. It did happen to work out, but because of the hand move, which I thought was awesome. Right, yeah. I mean, that's which a new life-saving move yeah. that yeah. he said was luck, but obviously that's going to come back in the future and save him because Absolutely. not a lot of people know how that. did you not think, I mean, I guess how did you not think of that because you don't think of that, but... Especially because he's wearing that black glove, no one knows. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So he's got a little bit he's of... He's got a, a secret little, weapon secret now. Secret shield, sure. Yeah. In ways defense. it's even better because it's defense. It's its own kind of like mini shield. Maybe you can get some attachments. Do like a little, you know, a hook <laughs> oh, one day, yeah, yeah. a spear. I got plenty of hands, right? Yeah, like, right? <laughs> Man of many fingers. What about Bronn saving Jamie from the snake I, in the I beginning? Do you guys feel like that's a little bit of foreshadowing? Maybe. Because, it, you know, you see these guys are automatically, you know, such a cool duo, but it's like, is the trust there? No, and when he wakes up, getting... <laughs> Sorry. I have to do oh, keep it. going, please. Yeah, well, when when he wakes up thinking, you for a split second, you think, is Bron going to stab mm. him in the face? You know, that you. not only gives the viewer some distrust, but you see it in Jamie's eyes, too. Do I really know this guy as well as I, <laughs> you know, should I really have taken him with me? It really was his only option, though, because Bron's a badass. Yeah, I he mean, badass. I love that Bron is back to, like, his combat days, you know, like, we get to see him fight a lot more. Like, this season's going to be really exciting with him fighting. Um, I think he's one of the best fighters in the show. Exactly. However, Absolutely. I don't know that he's going to make it back. I oh, don't you think know. So? I don't know either, and no. it breaks my heart. Because they were talking about death and whatnot. Yeah, of course. But between that and like mm. several kind of shots, though, I, yeah, I know this is good. Um, <laughs> what is this? Where can I purchase this? <laughs> Quiburn. Yeah. Well, Send a barrel. Important. We fill the chalice. So let's looking aside though. What you were saying really quickly. What mm-hmm. I was going to finish with is. It breaks my heart, but all signs lead to the fact that he might not make it back just from right. a dramatic standpoint. And that is so devastating to me because one, he's a certified badass. Mm-hmm. Two, big time. Yeah. Two, he's so funny. Just everything, his personality, the dialogue that is written for him, it's just so charming and silly. And he calls people out in a way that is so refreshing on this show. Yeah. You need him. 
Damn it. I, I guess they, they'll probably kill him, though, because we love him. You kind of have to replace him if you kill him, though. And with, I like, think so. w- like Oberyn, Prince Oberyn dying, that's, like, another character who has, like, a similar tonality on the show. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, like, a, not a lot of characters that have that tonality, so I definitely think you need him in the show, because otherwise the comic relief and, like, the guy who, like, kind of grabs the, the king, the kinghood, no, the, the royal whatever by the nuts is gone. He's, <laughs> he's important. I'm going to drink some wine. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Ryan, should we check in on the chat? What are what are the fans saying? Yeah, well, I was, I, well, I was just uh, asking about Tommen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's they, everyone says he's just too nice to be a king. Sorry, the jump. We were jumping from yeah. Braun. Uh, we can go to Tommen I now. I just asked how you would you die because they they were asking each other. So how All would right. you die? Blah, blah blah. And and I think I think the answer is honestly the same for everybody. What is it? Warm in my bed with a <laughs> belly full of wine yes. and my no way and apocalypse wrapped out around of an my, airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just boom. No, Autumn's going to war before she dies. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, you go out I, screaming? I, I don't know how I want to die. I feel like that's a... Uh, I don't want to die. I'm not freedom. dying. <laughs> we're not... We don't die here. Exactly. On AfterBuzz TV. Not the Game of Thrones. No. Uh-uh. We're on, like, another realm here. Anyway, let's go ahead to Cersei. Now, she found a new army. She has given the High Sparrow... Um, the leader of the faith now like the militant power she's armed them the Mm. faith militant presence is now back and what's really creepy about this is like this sort of brainwashing powers and these are people who aren't following like a house rather like a religion you know so it's very creepy and like brainwashing and there was like some self mutilation going on there with Lancel I mean how did you guys feel about Mm. Cersei now arming these uh High sparrows well, and you don't you don't arm religious helmets <laughs> in that way. You just don't, yeah. especially not in this world. The truth of the matter is, is when you, I mean, she. I think she has some semblance of. Mm-hmm. Uh, she knew that this was going to uh, absolutely. She knew what this was going to do, but. First of all, that whole sequence was brutal. Like and the this music, part, this part that hurt me. That like yeah. seriously hurt me just to watch. And um, more to the point, now you have an armed. Group, the faith militant. Yeah, of religious zealots who are, they don't listen to the king, mm-hmm. as we saw. They well, don't care. And it's not that I'm would? for the kingship or it's just, uh, you have, now you're going to get into religious war. Right. And that's dangerous because Very dangerous. you're living in two different planes. You're living right. on people who abide by the law of the land, I guess, and then people who supposedly uh, abide by the law of God. Religious law. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The equivalent of fundamentalists. Yeah, oh boy. Um, uh, so one thing that I think is really interesting about the the faith faiths militants uh, faith militants uh, again speaking about the first season how everything was very self contained and then comparing it to now it, I think that this show succeeds in a lot of ways when it tries to expand plot lines and give you clearly pieces that were in the book and were important elements of the book other times I think it fails like when Theon became Reek isn't a great example of one <laughs> where it just kind of feels like a waste like in the book apparently that's like a huge plot line it it really is has a lot of weight to it. Where in the show it feels kind of rushed and like corny, I guess, because there's not enough context for me. The same with this, where I'm just like, you're you're bringing this enormously influential, powerful, uh, and like kind of sadistic cult of people to be sort of a pseudo enemy. And I'm also just, I, I kind of feel like this is like complicating the plot in a way where I don't, I don't really need this because there's not enough background for me. I don't mm-hmm. feel like they're. I don't know. It just we don't, where is it going? See, that's the thing. Well, where did I think it come this, from more so. Like this just came out of left field to me. But that mu- that much I agree with. Um, I definitely think that it has come out of nowhere. But the thing I was actually thinking this while we were watching 
is Game of Thrones has a way of bringing things out of nowhere mm-hmm. and making them remarkably important and True. relevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And giving them, them the gravitas that makes it all work. Mm. So I think that the writers on the show are so damn good. And now that it's straight mm-hmm. from the book a little bit, and you're a book reader, obviously. I just, I mean, I just, like, I have a bunch of friends who are, like, fanatics. I haven't okay. read the books. And they oh, spoil okay. everything for you. No, I'm just kidding. Right, but um, <laughs> the, the writers of the show are so good, I don't think that they would bring something like this mm-hmm. I think they have a plan for it. Well, it's out of necessity at the same time because Cersei doesn't have her right. council. She's sending them all away. She doesn't have any friends right now. So she arms these religious leaders because she doesn't have anyone on her side at this point. She needs an army. She needs someone to command. But the problem is, like, they're not pledged to her house. No. Like we discussed, they're right. pledged to a religious leader. So there's no taming them. And I think this is going to turn on her. Oh, right. Yeah. She's like, she just released the mad dog. It's like she just hired the Joker. Like, yeah. You kind of want to start saying like, who let yeah. the dogs out a little bit? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. But yeah, you're right. It's absolutely uh, an act of a desperate woman to hold on to power and authority. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see how the crown takes care of it because Tommen isn't, you know, isn't getting any respect. I Actually, we have some interesting insights from people. Akash uh, says... I didn't see a tactical advantage in Tommen's move. I saw fear and a reluctance to show any power. Mm-hmm. Everyone's point, changing yeah. the same thing. You know, with as nasty as Joffrey was, we didn't want to see him at all. But we loved right. to hate him. We loved to hate him because we, we, we knew what he was. Right. You know? Um, but with Tommen, it's like, finally, he's like the polar opposite, though. He's too nice. He's too nice. He doesn't have any respect. He doesn't command any power. And you can't run a kingdom like that, especially in the Game of Thrones. No, Mm. I mean, this scene right here just kind of spelled disaster for his reign. And Cersei's sending the council away. (laughs) Um, And the Iron Bank wants a tenth of their debt back. They'll so, never get it. Yeah. <laughs> they're, send, they're sending Lord Tyrell uh, with mm-hmm. Sir Maren. Yeah, with Sir Maren. What did you guys feel about that? I mean, that I was, was like, real, I felt shady, like real shady, right? Right. Yeah. That was real shady. I felt like she was sending Sir Maren to take care of him. Oh, yeah. Kind of felt that way. Yeah. Well, she's she's tearing up uh, Marjorie's family, you know? She's taking Loras. She's getting rid of her father, Lord Tyrell, you know? She's like, that's what happens when girls. Yeah. Well, Insult but Marjorie, Marjorie's <laughs> calling yeah, systematically Thrones. kill their yeah. entire family. Yeah, just oh, what was that? You think mm-hmm. I'm? You think I'm a bitch? Okay, well, I'm gonna imprison your brother and I'm gonna send your father <laughs> off to die. And uh, well, there's one main player that could return. We see Marjorie going off to call her grandmother, the Queen of Thorns. Right. Oh. And she's sweet. The grandmother's sadistic. She's yeah. She's well, she awesome. was responsible for she's Joffrey's death. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> I adore that woman. So she's, yeah, it's th- she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. I like her monologue yeah. from, like, I think it was last season when she talked about the guy she was going to marry, and then she, like, went to work and he couldn't walk the next day because he was gay. Yep. <laughs> that, was, like, that was, like, a very, 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 like, telling of, like, she's, she's like, she doesn't mind getting her hands dirty. Yeah. No, not at all. And, I mean, now, obviously, speaking of that, you have, um, oh, my God, who, um... Marjorie's brother, help me. Oh, uh, Loris. Loris. So Loris. Yeah, Loris. Thank you. Um, so Loris imprisoned now, and obviously because it is known throughout the kingdom, or at least within the right circles, that he is gay. Mm-hmm. This is really starting to become very interesting. With considering it's been touched the red upon, keep, the red but keeps it's a mess. Yeah, well, it's the first time that there are now going to be consequences for that. I mean, they've talked about it, and he's even said, like, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? Well, something's happening. Yeah, big time. It's it's hard to figure out what... So, actually, this this kind of brings me to a question I want to ask you guys. So, 
uh, you always wonder whose show is it, right? Like whose story are we watching? Right. And I think I, in the, it seemed in the first season like it was the Starks. It sort of became Daenerys Targaryen's story. I think it still feels, I think, mostly like it's her story. But at this point, with like the the Starks are pretty much dead, and the Lannisters are losing power like mm-hmm. by the boatload. Whose show is it now? Is it Daenerys Targaryen? Is it her story from start to finish? When this is over, are we going to have seen like her rise to the throne? That's what I've been trying to figure out. Is I think it's uh, I think it's Stannis. I think it's the North is about to come down. So I you think, think it's the story is about the North? Well, I mean, you're saying kind of who kind of has the sway? Who's who has the advantage and the power? I mean, obviously the Mother of Dragons, yeah, but not. I don't think she's coming over quite yet. She's not I think ready right yet. Now, I think right now it's it's Stannis and Jon Snow. And they're going to be taking these armies down to right. the Boltons and then keep it going a little further, especially because there really is no strong leader sure. in, in King's Landing. So I think from the north down, that's where the wrath is coming. And then from the south up from Dorne, yeah. it's, right. all coming, yeah. sure. it's all coming My home. question for you, yeah. do, do you mean... In general, like, what story is the Game of Thrones yes, story that's, about? that's or, what I mean. Okay, not when, when specifically it, where we are now. When it wraps, you, are you going, like, in the way that... Uh, oh, I mean, I can't think of a good <laughs> no, metaphor no, right no, off No, hand. no, I totally yeah. understand. Yeah. I was just... I just wanted to clarify whether or not you right. meant just right now, because mm-hmm. in that way, I agree with you, Ruth. Right now, I think there's going to be more of an emphasis on the North and how that's going to affect everything else, because we're going to get into this later. Obviously, you have... Um, Stannis is going to go um, to back to Winterfell, and you're going to have this whole ordeal and with Peter Baelish and Sansa, and right. blah, blah, blah. We'll get right. there. But um, as the entire series is concerned, I think one of the wonderful things about the series is it's kind of impossible to tell. It still right. seems right. like the Targaryen story, because that's, you know, you have Tyrion going over there right now. to Dragons. Dragons, yeah. etc. But that can turn so quickly. That that's, can turn literally with a knife to the throat. Because it's so quick. People die in the show. And, like, did you have, did you guys get the little, like, tickle in your stomach for just a second while you're watching? We're like, is Daenerys about to just get killed right now? Like, are we just going to see her die right now? Because no. no. Not even oh, for a second. For a little, there was a little part of me that was like, she might just have her throat cut just right now, and that's just, no just way. left field. No. Honestly, I feel like Not all the necessarily in the season, yeah, no? the end of the season. It, but you're it, right. it totally could, though. That's the thing. It could. They, uh, it could. You're just like you're. That's the thing about the show that's so remarkable in ways and mm-hmm. wonderful is you'll have just like a close up on someone, and they'll be talking and talking, and then there'll be a spear through that person's head, yeah. and you don't know what happened. <laughs> Agreed. Right, but I think we need to clear out the adults first, right? And so it's the younger generation, like Arya and Bran and Daenerys. Right. And Sansa, so they can rise. So I think we're mm-hmm. still eliminating houses. We're still clearing out the older generation, and we'll see the younger grow. So let's go ahead to the wall. So Jon Snow was forced to sign off to work together with the Boltons, and obviously yeah. that's a sworn enemy, and he did not want to do that. But the wall needs people. They need mm-hmm. supplies. It got sentimental at the wall. It did. Bit. There were there were a lot of moments of sentimentality, <laughs> especially when Mel- Melisandre's in the room. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> you could tell. You could tell Jon Snow is kind of he kind of wants to a little bit because it's every not, guy on the show yeah. wants to. <laughs> That's the point. He's given the excuse. He's like, he's like, wall. Stannis wouldn't like it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I swore a vow. What else do I, I got? Like what other was, reasons do I have? I, I still he, love. I still love her. Not like his best friend's girlfriend being like, being like, she'll never find out. That's like that's what it felt like. 
don't, don't, tell I don't want don't to. Tell yeah, that's what it felt like. Uh, I think she's walking sex is the point of her character. Obviously, yeah, she's very agreed. powerful, but I think mm-hmm. every man in the show wants to have sex with her. That's the point. Yeah, absolutely. Every man watching the show? Well, <laughs> she's sedu- that's her power is like seduction. Yeah. But I was glad to see that she did not win. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all these shows for you free is by our amazing sponsors, and today Spotify is one of our sponsors. On Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Premium users can even download episodes to listen to offline, wherever they are, and you can easily share what you're listening to with all your friends and following on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for AfterBuzz TV on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure you follow us so you never miss an episode of AfterBuzz TV. Jon Snow. I was worried for a second. I'm like, oh, please don't do it. Don't do it. I've just, uh, you are so damn strong and so loyal. Pure. Right, because so as far as the guys go, like pure he's snow. who I'm rooting <laughs> for, right? He's yeah, like our much. rooting interest right now as far as the guys go. And uh, to me, yes. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously have a soft spot for Tyrion, but um, other mm. than that, I mean, John is definitely the, um, he's like his, I guess he's the bastard, but he's like his father mm-hmm. in this way, and that's kind of terrifying, but at the same time, it, it, I just did not want him to go down that path, right. but he has a darkness in him because of all of the stuff that he has gone through that his father did not have, which right. leads me to believe that he could take a turn and sleep with her or do uh, kill the oh, wrong that person. Would kill you know me. what I mean? That would really oh, bother me. Oh, by the way, me. it'd be awful, but they totally could do it. Yeah. Totally could. So how do you guys feel about when Melisandre says, you know nothing, Jon Snow? How mm. is this going to affect Dagger. Jon going forward? Because he didn't believe her visions. He's like, I don't want to see the visions. I don't want to do any of the magic. Like, I don't believe that. I don't put my trust in it. So clearly, I mean, that's something that only Jon and Egrit shared, those words. So the fact that she knows this and says this pulls at his heartstrings, mm-hmm. makes him maybe question whether he should believe this woman because this is something that she shouldn't know. No. How do you guys feel like this is going to affect him? I think that... Uh, I think he's going to... Oh, I was just saying... Yeah. I think she represents pure evil. That's what I think. So when I asked the question about public enemy number one, that's like maybe in like the court of public opinion, like who do we like kind of love to hate them at this moment? I think she is Satan. So I think if right. you partner with her, <laughs> no, I think she's supposed to kind of represent right. evil. I, don't, no, I, I would totally agree, agree with that. With that. Absolutely. So I think if, he, if so, she's like, she's like black magic. She's like kind of getting in his head, getting in his heart. I think that if he gives in, uh, that's like, you know, like horrible fates will befall Stannis eventually because he partnered with her, I think. Oh, I totally, yeah. I, it can't happen. So John They're Stone, setting it up to happen, I but think it can't be, happen. Because she is pulling at his heartstrings, I think that that is going to pull Jon Snow into Stannis' corner mm. a little bit. Right. In a way that maybe, you know, he's not going to have to break any vows, but he is going to find a fair compromise to join the cause. And the cause really is to survive the winter, because mm. winter is coming. And that's, at the end of the day, everyone kind of wakes up and smells that rose and realizes that's what really matters. So let's... Right, Let's and figure pre- out how to survive. And right. Protecting the realms. I mean, yes, he's sworn to the wall, but also, like mm-hmm. Davos said last episode, like you're sworn to protect the realms, and that's mm-hmm. why the wall exists. Right. So it's not like you need to just be here. And I hope he does leave the wall. I mean, right now, look at what he's doing. He's signing off on papers. I'm surprised he didn't just give that to Sam and just be like, you know, right. you're you're better yeah. at this. You sign these papers. I'm gonna go fight because that's what. 
That's what John does. Delegates, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like he's even training the guys outside. It's like he's he shouldn't be in the office. No, he shouldn't. And I was actually pleased. It was a small moment, but Sam has a bit. He's developed a bit of a spine, and he's Mm -hmm. like because he's developed this rapport with John, where they're friends. He feels like he can say things to him, like, no, this is what you need to do. He's becoming kind of like his bookie, his, like, right-hand man. And he's no, he's not being pushed around in the same way, which I'm very happy to see. Yes. I mean, knowledge is power, and he kind of reminds me of Tyrion in that he reads a lot. Yes. Mm. Power is power. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question uh, I wanted to bring up. So yes. everybody on the show speaks with a loosely British accent, right? This is, like, something that you've, you've noticed, like, this, Lord of the Rings. They're all kind of like I that. Don't I haven't noticed it at all. <laughs> So let me just ask each one of you guys if you could like choose your sweet British accent to have you because 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 you have some like this your grace like that's like Davos or you yeah have, that's pretty good or, or some like this your grace you know like you, like they like they, there's like different tonality to it yes. like what would your ideal accent be Absolutely. mine would be Who's little your fingers favorite? oh little <laughs> Peter Baelish oh Peter Baelish that, he's good just, yeah. He's like that guy's like dirty. He's like his a, voice he, is creepy. What's that? What's it called? He feels like his name should be Dirty Sanchez. The way that he talks, <laughs> and he's got the mustache. He's like really creepy to me. No, if I were, if I, I were going I like to it. speak, no, yeah. no, you can absolutely do it. If I were going to speak, yeah. in a British accent, I'd want it to be as I would want it to be completely proper, but I want it to be something like this way. It's still um, respectable. Sure, sure, sure. I like that. Okay, no, I don't know. I just like the way it sounds. Just. Someone sitting on my chest. <laughs> what about you? Oh, sand snakes all the way. Like, they've oh. got the passion and the anger in their voice, and I can't do it, and I'm not going to attempt it, but I love them and everything they're about. Okay, I think my favorite, you? I think my favorite's like the Ned Stark accent. It's the really, it's like, I, I feel like I want to be able to do it justice, but it's like, um, I'm here to save the castle. Like, oh, like, uh, <laughs> like, I rule over my. Th- I can't do it. I'm, I'm just, you were doing I'm, Jorah yeah, I'm earlier. Sh- oh, Jorah. Actually, I take it back. Season one, Jorah, because now, like, he was more of a cartoon character in season one. Everything he said was the same. Now he's like got a heart. But in season one, it was always just like, "Not today, Khaleesi." Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, we, um, we, well, we, game, no, we can do this. We can do this the best of the show like this. But no, actually, actually not. But um, Stannis and um, Shireen. 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 If we can just like talk about that okay. because they yeah. talked about Shireen sentimentality. Back episode after episode, she there's something significant going on, and I want to kind of tie it back to what you were talking about about the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking this when um, Sansa was, you know, lighting the candles, and I was thinking about Shireen when we mentioned that she's becoming relevant. We do have this kind of this cast of young characters who we could kill off every adult character right. in the show, and we still have plenty of plot lines twisting around to mm. make a perfectly fine show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't hope I'm not asking for that. I'm just saying that it could happen. <laughs> so they're building her character in a way that previous, like she's mentioned, she's mentioned, but now she's becoming significant. And the more I think about it, there's so many characters who played a backseat role who now it's their time to stand up. And right. as they get, this show can go on forever because it's about yeah. family bloodline. Mm-hmm. Unless the White Walkers kill all of them. And then... <laughs> If that's how the show ends, I'm going to be upset, okay? I'm going to be very upset if they just come and wipe everyone no, out. No, I don't think they will. But the young, they are rising. Mm-hmm. And we find out in this scene that the doll that Stannis got his daughter is actually what gave her grayscale. Yeah. So that was really a sad scene. And I also liked the fact that we got to hear that 
her father didn't want to send her away, is proud of her Mm -hmm. and accepting of her because I feel like she's this child that runs around that feels so rejected. And you know what? Pain is the greatest teacher and that's all she's known her whole life. So I think she's going to have a bright future and be wise because of the pain that she's endured. Agreed. Ryan, are you uh, yeah, talking that, in the chat? Yeah, I'm asking everybody what they think about Shireen. Like, there's a lot of character development. Where is this really going? Um, Akash thinks Shireen will be given to the Lord of Light, uh, but someone will rescue her. People are bringing up a good point that she has King's blood, Grayscale mm-hmm. and King's blood. Mm-hmm. And it was King's blood that Melisandre is after. Mm. She's kind of just keeping her there, maybe, in, uh, on reserve. I mean, there's going to be something... Um, some people think Shireen will be queen in the end. Uh, some people think Shireen is a dragon. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Shireen's a dragon. Shireen's a dragon. Just the grayscale? Because, yeah, just because of the like, grayscale. She's like an animorph that like, just stopped half Right, maybe. Oh, um, but yeah, so it seems like kind of opinions are kind of everywhere mm-hmm. because she really doesn't have much of a backstory other than she's Stannis' daughter. Well, I'm That's just glad that she doesn't feel rejected anymore, and we got to see that nice moment with Stannis... You know, accepting mm-hmm. his daughter because Kinda. her mother, Celise, is just horrible. She's like, like a battered woman. It's really weird. She has like she has no self confidence at all. She's like yeah. it really feels like she's been. And the weird thing is that the two of them, the mother and the daughter, since the moment they were introduced in the show, that's the that's the only uh, position that they've had the whole time has mm-hmm. been like rejected. We're not as important as the Satan woman that you're with, and like the we're, mother is just a bully. Yeah, the, mo- the mother's like, I'm sorry, I didn't give you a son. I'm worthless. This woman's better than me. Our daughter's a disgrace. Like it's. Yeah, I'm not going to miss Celine when she finds her demise. Mm. So let's go ahead and move on to Sansa now Mm. marrying her sworn enemy, Ramsay Bolton. And this seems inevitable. And obviously, I feel like Peter Baelish is, you know, wants her to become Catelyn Stark and wants to end up with her on the throne. (laughs) What did you guys get from this scene? Yeah, that pretty much. (laughs) I thought it was interesting how the scene opened with. Sansa at um, at Lyanna, Lyanna's oh, grave. grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's she picks up the feather and blows the dust off. That feather was placed there by King Robert when he came to get Ned Stark to ask him to be mm-hmm. hand of the king mm-hmm. in the first right. season. Nice back. He placed his the feather. Are you there. watching the first season again right now? <laughs> Are you? Are you? Because I, I, I feel like there's Are no you? way you'd remember that if you were. No, I no, I <laughs> get out of here. This I'm guy's just, got I'm a great fan. memory. I'm a fan. No, I, I remember that that he put that feather there and she just came and, and found it and it seems like the whole it kind of just wrapped up that whole chapter of Winterfell and her life. It's just a completely new place now. It's a new story. She's yeah. finding her new place in it. Peter Baelish, uh, he finds a way to kiss this girl, you know, kind of <laughs> let her know, you're really mine. Oh, good one. <laughs> yeah. That's good. You did good but he, uh, It's like she doesn't really know what to do with herself. All she's really ready to do is survive and just take, take whatever comes. I to a certain extent. I don't yeah. think that she's just going to take whatever comes. I think that she's starting. We established earlier um, we were talking about the fact that she's really starting to learn how to play the game. Mm. Um, I don't think she necessarily knows her plan of action yet, but I think she's calculating. I, I think before what we saw from Stanza, someone who was just taking whatever came and taking whatever came, but the Stanza that we're seeing now I think is cold and calculating and is looking not only Peter Baelish, but everyone around her behind their back and trying to maneuver. He even says, you've learned maneuvering from the best, which obviously he was referring to himself. Mm. But I think that she has, and she's starting to get there. So I don't think Mm. she's taking... 
I don't think she's just sitting there and taking it. I think she is starting to plan. That's fair. Her. She's definitely learning. How does yes. Sansa feel about Peter Baelish well, right now? This is what I think. I think that uh, she recognizes and she's learning to recognize that his weakness is that he has a heart for her mm-hmm. and that he's super conniving and he's really strategic and he's great at playing the game, but he in fact has eyes for her like in a romantic way that she can take advantage of. That's Absolutely. why I think she's buying in. I think she's classic woman psychology. Take or advantage person, of in what way? Person though? psychology, I mean. I mean, here's the thing. I think, <laughs> I think that Sansa definitely is gaining some feeling for Peter Baelish. I mean, you just don't exchange kisses with someone and and rely on them to get you from place to place and believe in their plan and then not gain like any type of feeling or connection to them. So I think that there is some sort of connection building between those two. But I think that Peter Baelish's ultimate demise will come from Sansa. Just like you said, I think in the end, Mm -hmm. maybe he breaks her heart or whatever, and, you know, she takes his life. I can't wait. I'm super excited. I don't know whether or not she is forming a romantic interest in him, necessarily. A connection Mm. can mean... A connection can mean a lot of things. Um, He's the only one who's protected her. That's Who's consistently gotten her out of situations she didn't want to be in. I think she knows that he's using her for power plays, but he also know she she knows that he does care about her, especially because he cared so much for her mother yes. and so much for her aunt. Isn't that kind of weird? So really weird. I mean, we've seen some weird things. But what about that moment when she says to him, "Well, I guess I'll soon be married." It was like she was inviting him to do mm. more. That's right. what I felt because I'm soon going to be married. Like there's oh, something the, she here. Was like, Take like, me in the catacombs right now. That's well, what you got. I don't oh, know. It was like, it was like if you. you she was basically saying to him, "If you intend, because what I'm feeling is you're intending on, like taking me, you know, right. on top of the world with you. Right. You're not going to be able to do that if I'm married, right? As in, what's the next move after that? Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, Jon Snow and Stannis doesn't come and you know kick. Ramsey out of bed, hmm. how am I going to take care of him? Am I going to have to kill him? Are you going to kill him for me? What's the what's the right. move? That's what I got mm-hmm. personally. What's the next move is what she wants to know, and he's just like, that's her. He's like, yeah. Something I want to know. With <laughs> he the, has a plan. Something I want to know with the Ramsey's characters is, are, are like, the whole entire plot line that we got with, obviously, after the Red Wedding, the, uh, Ramsey's father becoming Warden of the North, mm-hmm. and and the Theon Greyjoy becoming Reek, and that just the just the entire sequence that's brought us to here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, where do you guys feel like your sympathies lie with those characters? Because it's like none of them are really good guys. Theon wasn't really a good character when he got no. decapitated in that way, mm-hmm. and and Littlefinger is not really a good guy. He's sort of actually almost the opposite. So like, whose side are you guys on? Like, where, who do you think is like the, the the person that is most likely on a moral end to come out on top of all? All these characters on a moral end. Like, a moral who do you think end? deserves to win of all those? Just of those characters in that, like. Well, Battle obviously, we all out. hate the Boltons because they killed the Starks. So, and okay, they're evil. So they, they're the bottom. They like, people. they need right. to go. Yeah. yeah. So Theon, where does he stand? Oh, Theon is just he's like broken. he's a he's a broken. Yeah, child at all. he's broken. He's not coming back from anything. So you're on mm. Sa- you're on Sansa and Littlefinger's side then. That's yeah, yeah. of course. I, yeah, at this point, I'm definitely on. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, I think of all unless the thing about Littlefinger is is he a good guy? No, I'm not going to say that morally he is morally he no he's morally the superior. He's not flaying people. I take that back. But anyway, I, I digress. The point is, mm-hmm. more than Littlefinger, he's charming. Sansa is the morally the most, like, okay of them. Are you yeah. guys hearing that? Yeah. Sorry. Um, so Rager. I wanted to ask you guys. It's the ghost of the crypts of Winterfell. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of talk of Rhaegar in this oh, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you 
guys think? Why are they bringing up his story again? Where are they going with that? Maybe we're going to see like a possessed skeleton rigger like we saw a couple episodes. <laughs> no, just, that's not going to happen. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was... Yeah, it, is, it was an exposition on Rager. It is, it is true. It's been a while. They were talking about him mind. singing, yeah, and he, they were talking about how, you know, he passed, after winning a tournament, he passed up his wife and then gave frosted roses to Leanna. I yeah. think it's just to remind uh, everybody, it's to remind everybody where this all started, where this all came from, the roots mm-hmm. of it, uh, to get us to kind of like this character to, so that we can kind of endorse Daenerys' claim to the throne again. Like, right. oh yeah, mm-hmm. so she is, she does have a claim. And we like this guy a little bit. And he also kind of started all this. I think it's just a reference back to to kind of plant our feet hmm. again from yeah. the beginning. That's a good point. Speaking of Daenerys, let's let's try to get to get to that really quick before we're yeah. out of time. Well, let's talk to um, Tyrion and Ser Sir Jorah's Sir journey now to Daenerys. Um, <laughs> do we like do we like Tyrion and Varys, or do we like Tyrion and Jorah? Who are think, we shipping together? I think they're all going to end up finding each other. But my favorite part is the first question he asks is. Who are you? And the yeah. second question is, do you have wine? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, that was great. One thing, you know what? I said this like episode two when we were talking yes, about do. this uh, about exposition, right. and I want to make a clear. I want to clarify something because I know a lot of people were talking about how you need to have exposition in a show like this. I completely agree. What I was talking about from a writer uh, writing standpoint is the fact that a lot of the exposition that was given in these last two episodes and in this monologue in particular is less through conversation and where bits and pieces are revealed and more a like, oh, let me give you a chunk of exposition that you need to know in order for this to make sense, which can get a little clunky. I forgive it because it's so excellent and Tyrion mm-hmm. can totally pull it off because he's like, I'm figuring you out through right. deductive reasoning. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that was a good kind of like sneak yeah. in there. Um, I feel like he did so much of the talking at that point. I mm-hmm. don't know who to ship yet because I haven't <laughs> seen their rapport. You know right. what I mean? I've just seen him kind of going, all right, I know what's happening. Cool. I think the Untimey. combo. I think the combo of Jorah and Tyrion to me is excellent because I love Jorah. He's like one of my favorite characters, and the more screen time that we can get with him and like Tyrion, who's like probably the best character ever on the show. He's the best right. character ever in anything. I is, love him so much. Is like pretty much perfect. So I'm, I'm on board with that. I ship that immediately. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be friends for a while. So let's move on to the Sons of Harpy. They are fighting against Daenerys's rule and dispatching, you know, several of the Sons of Harpy on the Unsullied. I need this. Oh, yeah. Sons of the Harpy. Damn you. Rest I mean, and then, and then we've got that um, spy woman who's clearly setting up all these situations. Yeah, she's the cuddle kill- killer. Cuddler killer. Cuddler yeah. killer? I feel like... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? When, cuddle killer? First mm-hmm. episode where... Um, oh, right, right, Do you guys yeah, feel like yeah, she yeah. could be a leader of the Sons of Harpy in any degree? She's like a double agent a little bit. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, she is a double agent, but she, maybe she's like more powerful double agent. Than what? Like Trevelyan from... Anyway. Um... Sorry, as a Goldeneye reference. Sean Bean, he was in the show too. Let's just keep talking about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, that was devastating. That whole thing. It got kind of Star Wars esque at a moment yeah. with all the sword fighting. Right. And I started hearing the Star Wars. We thing had Grey Worm, though, and Barristan Selmy take down basically the entire Sons of Harpy army that was in that little tunnel area. I mean, just the two of them took down at least, yeah. what, like 10, 15 men? What's Sir Barristan's line from when he gets expelled? He's like, I could slice through the. What's he say? Even now. 
how I can slice through the four of you like cutting a cake. Yeah, it's a great line. Awesome. <laughs> Loves the fight. And he awesome. did. He fought. Oh, Admirable. You know oh, what? If they had to go, I'm glad it was like that because that was dignified shit. Do you think you they're both dead? I mean? Or just huh? do you think they're both yeah, dead? Yeah. Did they go? In the preview for next week, we saw we saw Barristan on. Yeah. But Barristan we didn't we didn't see Grey Worm though. I don't know. I feel like pro- I feel like probably they were I- bleeding out pretty bad there. People yeah. on TV can be stabbed like at least two more times than normal people yeah. and still live. <laughs> <laughs> so, so especially in Game of Thrones, I mean, we still don't know what the mountain type esque thing is going to be. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah um, as long as Quiburns around, nobody's really going to die in exactly, this show. <laughs> seriously, but I, I don't know. I think that last sweeping shot of just death all around kind of solidified the idea in my head. Like, nah, they, they did. They yeah. were all dead. Are we all, like, pretty worried that, like, actually what's going to happen is the dragons are just going to kill everyone? Because the way they've sold us is that basically killing the dragons is almost impossible. And, like, back in the day when there were dragons, they just annihilated everyone. So, like, once the dragons are of age, which they appear to be, like, they're just going to burn everyone to the ground. Well, I think that's why Tyrion is coming to town, to help her train the dragons. Because he's the one that's read all the knowledge on, you know, right. her family. And I think that's why he's needed right now. Yeah, God, if anyone can do it, it's going... No, it's going to be just, awesome. There might two favorite characters on this show, so putting yeah. the two of them in the same room is just absolute... It's going to be money for me, as, mm-hmm. assuming they get into the same room. One just, last question for you guys. Just to, oh, go uh, ahead, go ahead. Well, just to put your minds at ease just real quick, Eric, uh, he says that he saw Grey Worm in the preview that he was okay. Okay. So, oh. okay, Grey Worm's okay, oh. Barristan's dead. Barristan, well. yeah. yeah. But Grey Worm's okay. So this is enough. Yeah. I guess we'll find out next week, but how do you guys feel about the tournaments? Are those coming back? It seems like she's still against like the gladiator the type man, fighting, fighting, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think she's the type to give in to terrorism, but I think that when Jorah comes back, see Barristan's gone. Right. She kind of needs a he friend. He can save the day. He kind she kind of needs a friend. She needs that that well, that counsel, <laughs> and I think that he's going to. Um, I don't know. I think he might say, "Yeah, well, how would he say it? <laughs> let <laughs> him let him fight Khaleesi." Let the men have their ways, kind of. <laughs> that was so perfect. Let's roll into predictions. And Ben, I think you were wanted to ask us all a question. Oh, well, my, my question uh, is actually less about plot. So my point, I, all I wanted to suggest was, do you think Amelia Clark, who plays Daenerys Targaryen, is the most sought-after actress on television by every man that watches television? Like, Not, I mean, I'm, I love her so much. Like, I want her to be my wife, and I've never met her in person. I just, yeah. like, love her so much. I want her to be my wife, and I'm straight. Yeah. Like, she's incredible and wonderful and so powerful and badass. So, yeah, I have a total girl crush on her. Did you guys see her stand-in that looks like exactly yeah, like her I saw that. Instagram thing? <laughs> she looks like the Instagram version, though. She's not as like she's not quite as regal. So I think Ryan has some rapid-fire questions for us. Just one-word <laughs> answers, guys. All right. Well, just short answers, okay, guys. All right. So if you're on the online chat, ask us some quick questions. Going to wrap them, fire them off. Okay. Here we go. All right. Kristen Veronica asks. Uh, oh, I lost the, the comments are going so fast. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, here they go. Here they go. Here they go. Oh, man. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Eric asks us the fighting pits. I hope we see them soon. Will the dragons be a part of it? Well, Can't imagine the dragons will be in the fighting pits. Kristen, go. No, I don't think the dragons will be part of it. <laughs> okay. There will be no more fighting pits if the dragons are part yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here we go. Ben, uh, Veronica asks, are they going to put Jorah in the pits? <laughs> oh. I hope so, Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, goodness. And I think we touched on that. Uh, 
Cersei Solis, who's the worst mother? Go. Oh, goodness. The worst mother? Solis. Solis? Definitely, because Cersei, yeah. lo- Cersei is an evil, evil woman, but she loves her children. Yeah, and she'll do anything for them. Yes, yeah, she loves her children. Well, thank you guys for joining us this week. It looks like next week Sansa's in trouble, and we're going to mm. get some dragons. dragons. I'm Kristen Elizabeth Snyder. You can follow me at Cinematic Escape, or check out my blog, CinematicScape.com. Uh, I'm Ben Bateman. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram, and occasionally on Periscope. I am Autumn Chickless. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and soon to be Periscope at Autumn Chickless. <laughs> and I'm Ryan Mallady. You can find me at Ryan Mallady on all your favorite social media platforms. <laughs> Valerdo Harris, everybody. <laughs> all right, guys. Don't forget to download, rate, subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on YouTube. We're on SoundCloud. And we're also on Periscope from time to time. <laughs> all right, guys. Until next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.